You're tuned in to another episode of Black Women Voices. Welcome, welcome to Black Women Voices Facebook Live. How y'all doing? Um, it's your girl, Dr. K, um, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Shaka Sells Out. Hey. hey. Go ahead, Dr. V. Go ahead, Dr. V. Go ahead. <laughs> check in on Facebook live and it was well received so we figured let's do it again let's do it again I'm sorry okay but this episode we are talking about supporting black colleagues especially black women and and students um in the midst of COVID-19 and racism um yes going on right now so that's and we got some powerhouse talkers today, guest speakers. I'm excited for them. Uh, we limit them to 25 to 30 minutes, which is an insult to them because I know they're going to bring it. But we're going to make it do what it do. Okay? We're going to yeah. make it work. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm excited about today's. Oh, I'm sorry. Somebody. No, go ahead. I, I would say I'm really excited about today because I feel like there's been so many webinars and things about, you know, engaging students um, broadly you know, with COVID, but, um, and I'm starting to see more conversation and what does it look like to support black students kind of during this time. But I think that's why I, I'm enjoy I'm excited about this conversation because hopefully we can, you know, encourage that. And, you know, and as we have these private conversations in our private groups, let's kind of bring it to the, bring it out there to the masses. So, right. so that, you know, when, when, in, when administrations are making these choices that they're also thinking, oh, we're going to have to support, support black students and black faculty and staff differently. We can't just business as usual because there has been some trauma this summer for real. Yeah, and we that have part. to sit with that. We yeah. have to sit with that. Yeah, definitely. I literally read an article about the ways that um, predominantly white institutions can support um, if they really want to support the the Black Lives Matter cause in their institution. And a lot of it was, it was very interesting and a lot of it centered on funding and how do we fund things, right? Because, you know, we know you put, where you put your time, your talent, your treasure, that is where your heart is. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, and so people fund things that they, you know, are interested in. And so it talked a lot about, you know, not only funding, uh, think centers like Black cultural centers, or if your university doesn't have one, um, maybe multicultural centers, but also how do we um, encourage and engage Black faculty and staff and things like that. And so it was a really, really good list. If I can find it, I will drop it in the chat so that everybody can have it. 
Yeah, and you know, I'm representing for the Historically Black Colleges and Universities. Uh, so I'm excited to, to uh, <clears throat> get down and dirty with the conversation with uh, mm -hmm. Victoria Martin, uh, soon to be doctor. Uh, we're just going to bless that over her life. Uh, yes. Yeah. Who's been doing some great things at uh, uh, Fayetteville State. So I'm, I'm excited about the conversation. I'm excited about our guests. Um, they're phenomenal women in their own right. Uh, I'm just glad to be here. I'm on vacation. <laughs> What, so, are you doing, what are you doing on your vacation? What are you doing? Reading dissertations. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not a that is not a vacation. Who I'm has vacation. a vacation? I'm on vacation from a and I still got a business to run. I still got doctors wow. to push through. So, you know, but I, I've, I've been very cognitive of my time. So I'm only mm -hmm. getting like two or three hours a day to that. Um, and everything else is just, you know, me and Kofi chilling, starting to watch TV again, listening to music, grooving, you know, everything by myself in the house. <laughs> everything. Oh, you. Oh, okay. That quarantine life. You about that quarantine. Uh -huh. That's understandable. I went out today. <laughs> Y'all, I got some fresh shoes today. You got new shoes. These are the type of this is how we support black colleagues and black students. You listen to what they have purchased. What did you purchase? Can I go? You want me to go get them? Go get yeah. it, girl. Go get the shoes. Go get it. If I, if I told you this type of things that I've been purchasing during quarantine, you know what I did? One of the, the best, I, I feel it was a good purchase for me. Mm -hmm. Dr. Tony Evans has a study Bible and commentary, oh. and I purchased it. I oh. wanted it. So first and foremost, y'all know that I have aspirations and a calling to be a HBCU president, right? Yeah. And I'm going to be known as the sneaker press. Okay. You will see my shoe game. And so. Oh, Lord. Today, That's... this came in mail. Are they classic? <laughs> They're going to be classic to me. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Aya, all classics. Aya, <laughs> we in there. So have, you is, is, have, have you been to those stores that they will like spray paint on the shoes for you and like custom all of that? Do you like that? Is I that have custom shoes. Uh, I have a friend's daughter who does that. One of my friend's daughters, she makes some great custom shoes i think she made for some artist that was on tour and her she, she, i was like come on yes come on Shout out to and dropping the link that she was referring to from diverse education in the chat um how many people we got looking i can't see that uh, but we're about four minutes away from the legendary oh. the famous let me tell you, if you're watching this, you don't know who she is, you're about to find out who she is. You're about, you about to learn today. Listen, listen, and I'm not just saying this to hype her up. I'm saying this because it's real. She's the bomb. For real, for real. .com. I'm excited. I, and I see her in the waiting room. Wait. Hey. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They said the you that's a message. You don't know who's in the waiting room. You know what? We need to get it together. <laughs> Listen, 
this is what happens when you've been in quarantine for three months and you, you should you always get to be- you should always carry a word in your heart because you never know who may need it and when you may need it. that's Sorry. a very true statement oh we that's got other people that that is real that is real hey y'all connect with us listen. in the chat we don't listen Kalisha said hype her up so I'm assuming I'm assuming that Kalisha know her so we're gonna hype her up so let's, right. let's hype her up <laughs> the phenomenal yes we the black thank you for joining us Kalisha I, I'm hoping I'm saying your name right uh, please correct me if I'm wrong in the chat uh, but yeah, we're gonna hype her up. But listen, the I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready. If ready, I'm ready. On East Coast time is seven thirteen, so yes. I'm gonna pay homage. Yes. Yes. Of Delta. Yes. Theta Sorority. Yes. You know Come on, Soros. So I'm gonna do it again when Dr. Koya get on because I know she gonna represent with you, Anne. So I'm gonna give y'all that. <laughs> in your centennial year. In your centennial year. <laughs> I'm gonna give it to you in centennial year. Uh, but yeah, we two minutes away from bringing in one minute away from bringing in uh, Dr. Joan Coyer to the to the to the table. To and the I'm excited table. about the purchase. I'm, I'm excited because we need to bring in other voices to this conversation. Yeah. Um, so that people, because the one thing is that people don't realize that, th- you know, this is not like a one university, a two, like, this is something that we are hearing from people now around the world. Right. Yeah. Like, can you even believe that around the world? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we, we are ready? Yes. I stay ready. I'm going to get a shirt are that you says you ready? <laughs> you said I stay ready. Yes. You ready? Woo! We got to bring you in. I feel like a presentation. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this is like an NBA game. Ladies. And we like bringing her in. Right. <laughs> oh, and lovely. Gentlemen, if you're watching, whoever's watching, we are bringing to the show none other than Dr. Joan Collard. You coming live. Hey. Can you hear? Can you hear us? We can't I think she hear us, but we can't hear her. We can't hear you. No worries. We're gonna get you in here. We're gonna make it happen. The devil thought you tried it. Huh? But there's a voice waiting to be heard. Ain't that that, that pace is the song? The devil thought it had me. Listen, we all in our regular spaces. She didn't prop up. 
Must be a delta. Must be a She's delta. not new to this. She's not new to this. Must be a delta. <laughs> I don't even want to show you the elephant. You know, it's it's fine. It's it's good. We we'll just we'll go with this. We'll go okay. with this. So we're working on some technical difficulties because we will hear from Dr. Jones Collier. In the meantime, in the comment, don't forget to in the comments, don't forget to put your questions and yeah. connect with us and chat with us so that yeah, connect with us. I, I'm I'm looking at a comment. I'm gonna go ahead. Well, I'm gonna wait to to Dr. Koya get in. You in? Can, can we hear you? She's getting on her her iPad. I see. Okay, so we'll. So we're gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna add this comment. I'm gonna let it show. Yeah, I ain't gonna do Maya. it on the, on the screen. I'm not gonna do it on the screen. Maya. But what I want you to know is absolutely. That's come on, Sora. Come on. Maya Wilson. <laughs> Hi, Sora Wilson. Thank you. Put it for in the chat. I'm a, I'm gonna honor you and your sorors on today in my sincerity here. <laughs> and I thank you kindly for honoring us. Yeah, you know, we're out here trying to be moist, well hydrated and moisturized. How about that? <laughs> I can tell you as as we wait for uh, Dr. Collier to come back in here. Uh, when I was on campus, my first um, when I transferred to Longwood, the Deltas held me down. Um, so. Uh, shout out to the PyMU chapter of Delta Sigma Theta School at Longwood University for always holding me down. Uh, my faves, you know who you are, so shout out to y'all. Let's see, we're waiting for Dr. Collier to get in here. Now, if y'all hear Kofi barking. Is it, did it expire to the broadcast? Is it still on? Yeah, oh, it's on. We're still here. We're just waiting for Dr. Collier to come back in. I think she's coming back in through another device. <clears throat> but yeah, definitely put your comments down. Put put your you know ask us some questions. We want you to join into this conversation. Of course, we're all like streaming live from home. Mm -hmm. I want to say that whatever this camera angle is, let me tell y'all what I purchased during quarantine that has. Yes, let's hear it. I bought a Clarisonic. There, I said it. Oh, what? what is that? Clarisonic is one of those facial scrubbing brushes. Ooh. It is, listen, it is phenomenal. And this is not sponsored. It is. <laughs> they, having a, they having a sale. Is she here? Let's see. And they having a, they were having a sale. And I was like, well, let me. Oh, there she is. Can you hear us? No. We can't hear you. <clears throat> If it's be live, there's a, way, there's a way that you need to do the volume. Can we work? Can we help her? Yeah, by we, you mean because Kelly, for you all who don't know, Kelly is not victorious in our centennial year. So, listen, I wasn't going to, 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 to comment to Victoria's uh, comment because her, her <laughs> that's what I'm talking. Listen, Celeste said that's probably more productive than the stuff that I bought. Celeste, what have you been buying? Now, let me just say this. I said I bought a Clarisonic, but I also bought plenty of makeup, skincare. Listen, yeah. I have. I got I a car. Honestly, you, you bought a car? What? Yeah. Yeah. You don't just do stuff like that. I bought a car. <laughs> <laughs> 
drops me like that? I bought a car. Well, you know, you know, see, I didn't really need one, but but the Lord just opened up a door. And then my sister and I got a car on the exact same day. We have the exact same car, but hers is in red and mine is in rose gold. Somebody said try using headphones. And I don't know if that oh. would help. Would your have have you tried your headphones? What's on sale? Everything apparently is on sale. Let me just say that. Yes. Pandemic sales are a real situation. It is because companies lost. I mean, for a lot of companies that made a lot of money, there were a lot of companies that um, did not make a lot of money. And I think that we see that in education now too, right? Because you have education institutions who are like cutting things, who aren't able to do certain things, who, you know, had to quickly pivot in order to support uh, students and, and faculty and staff. I mean, I know my education was well, and then also professional organizations. I thought I thought ACPA like discounted their uh, membership. Oh, did because, they? Mm -hmm, for the pandemic, and then I think it was like if you're struggling, like there was some type of fund that they would, you know, make for folks if they were struggling. I didn't know that. Okay, okay. All right, I think I'm. Hold on, we're getting her in. Okay, let's see. Let's see. Come on, y'all. Let's cover it. Let's pray. Let's pray. pray that I'm not working on it. Uh, In the room. I am moving. Absolutely. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. I'm going to mute y'all here because I need to go back to my living room and cut the other feed off. 2.5 seconds. I got you. Wait. I don't know how to put y'all on timeout while I, it's just going to scream at us for two seconds. Okay. 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 It's all right. Wait on you. And she running. And she running. I know, but it's gonna holler. Wow. Celeste so said her institution is going back to hybrid in the fall, and the bananas. Let's see. I want to talk about all of that. Yes. Oof. Yes. And absolutely, I would agree. COVID nineteen has truly shown what institutions have been good stewards of their resources. If you uh, have. That part. That part. Get back over here. Oh, is that a dress? Oh, I didn't see it. Oh, you came through with the dress. She came through the Definitely hear from you, uh, Dr. K. Yeah, I heard it. Yeah, Dr. K. You can you hear that? No, no, say something else. Huh? Okay, go. Now. Okay. All right. So it's on you to introduce yourself. We want cool. to that space. Okay, I'm going to keep it short. I'm Dr. Joan Collier. She, her, her pronouns. Uh, all my comments are mine. They belong to me because I work for Rutgers University, New Brunswick. I'm the director for diversity education and outreach. 
uh, which means my job is to help build capacity for individuals to get their lives right um, and to help the institution build yeah. capacity to manage racial crises, to prevent and recover from and rebuild trust with our constituents and our students um, after stuff goes buck wild. But we hope to stop it from going buck wild. Um, so that's that. And then I'm one half of Team Side Assistance. So shout out to Dr. Brittany Williams, who's our yeah. co-founder. And we just really want people to cite work that sisters do. Black women are brilliant. We are smart. Uh, we have things to offer. Um, and we do good work. And instead of you using it and then just being like, I made it up, you need to cite a sister. And we don't mean just the cis sisters. We mean our trans sisters. And we also mean our um, non-binary fems and basically non-men. So go ahead and get on up with a team and cite Thanks for coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> she said thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Well, we're, we're about to get into this discussion, but two things. One, I'm gonna go ahead and shout this out again. Give homage to the devastating divas of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority. Hey. Okay. Okay. All okay. over your screen. During that time during your centennial year, I've actually been really sad. That yes. is all centennial year, and y'all like I was telling my I was telling my homeboy I was like I'm just so sad for my was like why and I was like it's their centennial and yeah. they've literally been on time out since like March and I remember centennial for us and it was a full year so not that y'all I mean like my condolences that y'all have not been able to properly celebrate because Black people yeah. celebrate like yeah. we show out and y'all have had to shift in order to do that. And if you're not in the South, you've actually not been able to do anything because we've been on timeout. I don't know what y'all been down there doing, but everybody up here has been on timeout in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. um, it's crazy. I'm, I'm thankful that I went in January. I am thankful for that. Um, but I know I saw us that didn't go in January. We're looking to go um, actually during this time. You know, we, well, we're going to make it work. Okay. Absolutely. So shout out to all the Deltas that are on on the in the chat. Uh, <laughs> you know, y'all in the assembly and in the chat. Amen. Amen. Safe. Amen. Uh, so the next thing I want to point out before we get into this discussion, and I'm gonna I'm gonna lean it to Ann um, to start that discussion off. But I want to this dress you have on, ma'am. <laughs> listen, listen. So I was gonna slide into the DM and ask. <laughs> True story. True story. Shout out to Dr. Cynthia Dillard, who is a Mary Frances early yes. professor chair at University of Georgia in um, ed theory and practice. And to Dr. Jillian Martin, who lives somewhere in the Midwest. Uh, Jillian said to me one day back when we were doc students, so listen, girl, I'm going to go to study abroad. Are you coming or no? And I was like, girl, what? She said, Cynthia Dillard's going. I said, Sign me up for the Christian Jubilee. Write my name on the roll because I want to pay. <laughs> and so that semester changed everything. And so when I got back, I said, I'm going to get on car print dresses and that's it. And so this is one of my dresses. Um, I got it from a place called Dion Yu. They're an online boutique. Uh, if you are a thick girl with big hips, they claim a size 3X, but they always sell out first. So when you see some, you like get it. Because the other girls with big hips is coming. So go ahead and get what you need to get. And then go on about your business. So, yeah, I love a good print. I do. It, you look beautiful. You look Thank beautiful. you. I figured since I got to be on somebody's live, I should pluck my eyebrows. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm in this shirt that says I'm black every month or some hey, black. Hey, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So, and do your thing. So, I'm excited to start off this discussion. And, and really, you know, I think that part of it is that we have really had a lot of conversations about what COVID has done, especially to Black women. You know, I work in the diversity space as well. And just in that space, we've had so many um, conversations. And so I'm going to start off um, by, by just talking about, we talk about how to, I don't know about y'all, but most conversations in my space have been, how do we support students, you know? But what ways, I would love to talk about what ways an institution can support our faculty and staff, Absolutely. you know, in this time. Absolutely. So in, in my space, I'm in the Division for Diversity, Inclusion, and Community Engagement. And part of that is educational equity. And so it's, yes, recruiting students, keeping them retained, first gen, low income, um, historically minoritized, particularly Black and Latinx and Native um, Indigenous. But the other piece of that is prepping faculty to do this work. So when we could see the writing on the wall of like, oh, we about to go home. It's time for us to go home. It was not just our students ready. Do they have the equipment at home that they need to get? Okay, they don't have it. Who doesn't have a laptop? How can we get them a laptop? It was, hey, professors, when you get ready to work with folks at home, remember, home is not the same for everyone. Like, it's just reminding the folks who don't yeah, have issues with equity. And so we tell people, equity already existed in your classroom. This just pulls everything back. Like, the wig is off, the eyelashes. Like, it's just laid bare how inequitable uh, students' um, experiences are and their access to resources. And so... In my particular area, where well, in one of the areas in my division, we're working on uh, workshops and plenaries to help faculty to really just make sense of this is what this looks like. We don't know if we're coming back in the fall. What we do know is inequity is still going to be a problem, and these yes. are ways that we need faculty to be aware of it because sometimes are there folks in the faculty who are just like they don't care? Probably are there folks whose um, ignorance winds up costing people um peace and joy yep and those folks we can still get to right if you can make a standard of being equity-minded we can do some work on that our staff that's some structural stuff right because i'm salaried yes. i can work from home I'm, I'm single no kids so my house is a full office it's quiet we have folks who've already been laid off because they're dining hall workers or facilities people and they are the most vulnerable what I can say on our campus is that our tenured faculty and some folks with good salaries are being very strong advocates for folks who are in more vulnerable positions within our org chart to say, I understand we're calling now for equity and we're calling now for inclusion, but we have to problematize calling for inclusion when we're letting go black and brown dining hall workers, folks with low income workers, folks who are gonna lose their health insurance workers, Folks who, you know, been at the school for 30 years that we like to put up on the website and say, this is what loyalty looks like. But as soon as we have financial problems, they're the first out the door. And so taking care of faculty and staff on our campus has looked like being clear that there are faculty who are not at work right now. They are off contract. And so when we're calling them to do these projects and support students, that is cutting into their time. And while, you know, some folks are like, oh, well, they're faculty. 
they have contracts and they're off contract. And so recognizing those boundaries mm -hmm. with our staff, I'm a staff member honoring our humanity. We're still like my my campus chap uh chancellor sent out an email at one point when things were thick that was like staff are the he didn't say hard, he said they are the engine that makes the university run. Well, energy <laughs> engines and material goods are disposable. So when That's staff, right. so when faculty and students had already been sent home, we were still required to show up. And that says something to me or reminds me of how disposable I am to the institution. So I'm clear on where I and other staff members stand. Um, showing support would be actually recognizing that we get deserve some dignity too along the way. Again, these are Jones words. These are not the director of diversity <laughs> education words. <laughs> but I just want to add into that, though, right? Because one of the things that people don't understand is that, especially when you are on a predominantly white institution campus, predominantly white campus, where there aren't a lot of uh, black folks, brown folks, who are in a lot of leadership roles. I can, I will say that my campus, we have some, we have. Okay, diversity, you know, but those people who work in the dining halls and who are the janitors, like those black and brown people are the people that your students see. Those are the ones who they confide in. When I was at the University of Georgia as a doc student, there were days outside of my faculty when the only people who would speak to me on that campus were the women in the dining hall, the ground workers who were cutting the grass around the residence halls that I worked in, and so I'm, I'm very clear on who these people are and how they directly impact me. And so what I used to tell folks that I would come in, into contact with who would be um, trying to make distance, but I'm, I'm not the cafeteria worker. I'm not the lawn care person. And I would say to them, they're, as far as whiteness is concerned, since y'all the same people. And yeah, so, absolutely. you know, all these accolades are great. All these credentials are great, but my grandmother was a domestic. I'm not above someone who cleans spaces and who cooks food. And so I will mm -hmm. always say my hey, hellos and my how you doing. And our new president, Dr. Jonathan Holloway, he's black. He's, he started out his first day. Um, he came in kicking ass. I'm not going to lie. He he gave a speech about a week and a half ago for the Institute on the Study of, of the United States. And what he said was, we can't talk diversity, inclusion, and equity and not talk about custodial workers. We can't talk yeah. about dining hall workers. Ooh. We can't say we actually care when we walk past frontline staff and don't speak. And right. so that was two weeks ago yesterday was his first day and he i'm sorry my neighbor's dogs are on jam so that's what you hear in the background that's okay i don't have pets um because i don't clean up boo boo and so um <laughs> i don't and so he started out yesterday saying you know um i want to make clear that words like social justice and black lives matter are not um an attack on decency they are in fact aspirations for who we are as a country and as a nation and who we will be as a campus and we'll take steps towards that. So he's put us on clear notice of where his values are and he's already committed personal funds and institutional funds to um, scholarships for first gen and low income students on our campus. So day one, he came out swinging. So we're clear on what's gonna happen, what that looks like in practice, we shall see. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
Oh, no, I can't hear you. Oh, I can hear, no, okay. I can hear you. Dr. K. Well, I thought you took up the mantle. I don't, I don't know who is. Go I, ahead. Well, I have a question for you, though. I mean, because if we think about the history, the, the history of these these predominantly white institutions or historically white institutions, mm -hmm. um, they weren't created to support our personhood in the first place. Mm -hmm. So are we... Are we um, even in the same, are we in the proper area if we say that we need to, we expect them to do these things when they were not created to support us um, anyway? So what what is the critique to that? Like, and, I mean, and what is the answer yeah. to supporting us? So if we were not supposed to be in spaces that we're not supposed to be in, where would we be? Like we wouldn't mm -hmm. be still in this country. We wouldn't be in school. Mm -hmm. And there's something about our elders having fought for us to be in spaces. And yeah. while I get annoyed with our historically white institutions for their foolery, um, <laughs> y'all said we could come here. Y'all gave permission. You we were forced to by some federal law or you were forced to by a court. I don't really care. The fact is that we're here and you keep putting folks on pamphlets. So now that we're here, this is what we're saying we're responsible for. And so someone asked James Baldwin, well, you keep talking about some other country. Why don't well, you keep talking about America? Well, why don't you hold these other countries accountable? And he said back to them, because the constitution of this country says this, and this is where I live. Well, Come our on. statement says this, and this is where I work. So I'm Absolutely. holding you accountable to the words that you said. You said as an institution that you wanted to have equity, inclusion, and diversity, you said you wanted this to be a place where people could prosper. So how we do that is through these things. Now, what do we do while we're there? We hold the institution accountable. That means there are protesters. That means there are faculty who are disrupting historically white, historically heteronormative, historically male yeah. syllabi. It means that we encourage students to do what students do, which is ask questions. It means that the institution is able to hold a critique of itself, even if it never tells anyone else. Uh, my boss um, says, um, you need to know the truth, even if you can't accept it, just don't let yourself believe a lie. And yeah. so, um, you know, I work at a land grant institution. I've heard some decolonization scholars call them land grab um, institutions. If they're in justice, those schools have to go back. Mm -hmm. Do those schools go back? Right now, they're not. Um, have these schools not been prepared for us? No. Are we there yet? So how do we help folks to thrive? I do institutional diversity. That means you build structures that go into place to hold the institution accountable to what it says it wants to be, even when it doesn't. Um that's on a structural level you build capacity for folks to learn folks have to learn learning is a process so do i mm -hmm. expect some of my other colleagues to get things right tomorrow no do i expect progress in the next six months yes is that hard to talk to with students who are there for four to six years that this fixing won't get done and it'll be a progress yeah that's really hard to do on the individual level how do we do it we build community with each other and um that for me looks like uh, for us on our campus that well on the campuses that I've been on that looks like black affinity groups that looks like subversive behavior. Uh, mm. You can't overtly all the time. Sometimes it's too costly to directly overtly disrupt what's happening. So you find covert ways to do it. You teach students uh, protest policy. 
you teach students how to disrupt stuff. You make sure that budgets have what they need in them so students can do what they need to do. It means that when we're at spaces that students can't be at, we raise our voices and lift them to push back. It means that, I mean, some folks are going to be like, I don't do that. I coach white people on how to disrupt stuff. If they say they don't know, then I'm going to help teach them if they're willing to learn. Only... Only some. If you don't want to know, I don't want to hear. But if there are people like the guy who was there with Brittany Newsom when she took down that flag, who Bettina Love calls an accomplice, then I'm going to let you go out there and start some shit so I don't have to be on the front line of that, but the work is still getting done. Yeah. Women reminding ourselves that we're technically not supposed to be anywhere. We're supposed to be doing everyone's work under capitalism. We're supposed to be doing the work of black men. Come on. You need to be held accountable for the shit they do under patriarchy and then hide behind white supremacy and racism. Like, I get it. We're all black and it shows us different, but my man, you're still a dude and you still are benefiting from patriarchy. Just hold the critique of yourself. And so then the white supremacy, we're black. We ain't supposed to be out here doing nothing. So finding time to care for ourselves. Um, and I mean, Audrey Lord care for ourselves. Just to go to bed. Um, <laughs> write in your journal, eat your food, and I'm being serious because it gets to oh, I haven't been here, I haven't been there. Uh, no, really, give us some all about where's my text? My text is all toe up. Um, here's, come here's, on, bring here's my all about love. I done tow it off. Uh, um, care for yourself and care for community because what yeah. I was also talking about was not just the am I doing okay? Did I paint my toenails? I still put on clothes every day because it makes me feel good. I feel like um, like a grown-up. I've been reading more. Um, it looks like being a community with other folks who will let you be fully human and grieve and be joyful and mm. care about you. Um, it means that we know when to send folks back to do their work. We Some of us work in diversity. And I know the whole joke has been, What's higher ed's, you know, thoughts and prayers? It's diversity and inclusion. And that is a critique to the ah. institution, right? That's a critique to the institution, not to my yeah. work, not to our work. And so because of that, um, we have to be careful not to take on everybody else's work. Will people Come put on. it on you? Yes, because people don't give black women nothing for free, but hell. And so Come because on. of that, I almost threw this book at the screen. Listen, we're going to have to have a shout on that one. But when someone or a department or that tenured faculty member that's now like, oh my gosh, my students told us 10 years ago that that professor has been acting out. And you're like, duh, okay, cool. And they want you to come fix it, reminding them that they have work that they have to do that you actually can't fix it you joan you can you can't fix it that there's work for them to do what i've been learning and i want to shout out my boss dr anna brand she's our vice chancellor for diversity inclusion community engagement and a professor of sociology dope as fuck black woman and she said her job is to she said your job is to do the work so folks can do their work and so that's how I do it. So if there are resources I can point people to, yes, I can say Google is free all day. At the end of the day, there are people who are genuinely interested. And there are other folks who aren't interested, but they're going to do this work too. Mm-hmm. My job is to point them in that direction so they don't drain my energy. Because what I cannot do, what we cannot do is meet with everybody. Yes. And that includes our students. Students are adults. They can build community. 
We right. do not do ourselves well when we sacrifice ourselves. But I love my students. I love my students too. And my mentor still took her behind home. She literally told me one night, That's I love I got to go. I said, Where girl, where are you going? She said, I'm going home. I said, Well, don't you want to stay? She said, I've been with y'all all day. I'm going home. And it's yeah. not that you don't care, but you got to put your face mask on first. And yeah. I know Gilligan is a white woman, but Gilligan says in the third phase of um, morality that harm to yourself is still harm. So if we're saying ah. we don't want violence to happen, causing harm to yourself, yeah, it's not helpful. So are there times when we, yes, but that can't be every day. So find ways to rejuvenate yourself. Find ways to get yourself well, get yourself whole, or as well as you can be. I'm still tinkering on if wellness is low-key ableist, because some of us will never be well. But yeah. We to be as well as we can be, yes. And that is what we do. And some of that just means turning this shit off sometimes. I get off social media. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I'm not doing this with y'all, but yes. Hallelujah. You, you see that? Who said I'm not doing this with y'all? Reach us down, pull down a tambourine. <laughs> Listen. You said just stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Listen, listen, one of the best things we can do is invest in joy. Brittany Cooper's Eloquent Rage, that last chapter, she gets through all that other mess. And in the last chapter, she says, and may you have joy. Because mm. joy sustains us that our ability to maintain the capacity for joy fuels us through the work that we have to do. And yeah. I know there's a lot of I'm no one's muling, and I hear that. I hear all of that. And even in community with each other, there is work. There's still work to be done. And there's still the external beyond our community's work, beyond our black women's circles, but work that has to be done. So she says, may you have joy. Um, yes. May you ask better and more curious questions or you know something like that. Um, may you have basically homegirls who keep you accountable. And so yeah. all those things matter, but invest in joy. I mm -hmm. cook when I can. I light my candle. That's the best part of working from home. I sing with my karaoke mic. I don't think I have it here. Um, <laughs> I don't think I have my karaoke machine and just bring it up. Bring all the instruments. Yeah, I do got all Listen, them. I thought I was the only one that did it by myself. I will yet karaoke by myself. Wow. Yeah. This is my karaoke mic. Mic check, mic check. <laughs> And so I come on. I have a good time. Do what brings you joy. Because yeah. this work is hard and this living yeah. does get easier, but we're black women. And that's not to say that, you know, we should labor and belabor and belabor. But even if we opt out of so much other labor, one, we don't even always have that option. I don't right. have children, mm -hmm. but I have a godson and he requires love. Um, mm -hmm. I have friends who I check in on. We go see about each other. That's labors of love. Some labor we don't get to opt out of. I don't want to be homeless. I have a job. I have to work. I can't quit my job. Right. But I can wait 48 hours for that email because I emailed you two months ago, but you didn't want to hear nothing about no diversity. I can. That part. I can make sure I go for my walk and you will be okay in an hour because systemic white supremacy ain't going to be over then. I can <laughs> with black women who understand so I'm not being gaslighted and there's not epistemological violence happening of what do you mean? I can be in conversation with folks that I ain't got explained it to and if I do they're willing to listen 
and I can go to the beach and dip my feet in the water and greet ancestors on the other side. There's a lot of things I can do. And so I do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Man. Listen. Don't you start, Kelly. Don't you start. Don't you start today. But y'all should do a book club reading for All About Love. I'm saying. since you are, I was at the book club reading. You was, but we should do it again because I bought a book I was like, I mean, you, you, I, it, they did a, Cytus did a book club reading on All About Joy. And I had start, I, I had started the book, but I felt, I was like, okay, and they doing, they going in depth and I didn't want to like miss stuff. So I, I got the book, you know, started reading it and being more intentional about it. Man, we can do a week by week. We can take a chapter week and have a meeting where folks can join us and just know what, what resonates. You trying to do a y'all trying to do a collaborative like Sight of Sister Famous. We're just trying to get I'm it. Not, the no, I'm not right. going to do this with you. Oh, if y'all trying to do a collaboration with Black Women Voices, you know, I'm going to speak on behalf of my sisters. We would love to be a part of Let's, let's, okay, yes. Yeah, so let's chat offline. We can, we can structure it and then send it out. I think this is a great way for us to utilize our platforms to get folks connected. And just a quick thing about All About Love. It's by Bell Hooks. Please show your copy because mine is toe up, as you can see. Um, <laughs> this book talks about love in all of its iterations, and it is life-changing. It literally has transformed my life. So she talks about the love we give to these romantic relationships that if we learn how to love our friends, if we learn how to love the people who are closest to us, romantic relationships won't be that much of a stretch because we understand love and we understand the prioritization of how mm. we love and that loving ourselves matters too and not in a superficial way but in a are you well are you whole um are you clear on why you want to be in community are you clear on the healing that's required for you to be in good standing with people so that you have clear boundaries and so you can redefine what love means and how it shows up. And there's an actual definition and operationalized definition for it. Anyway, let's talk offline. I know somebody yeah. else got to get, I think uh, Vanessa got to get on here. So yeah, Victoria, Victoria is going to come Lord on. Jesus. Um, sorry, so I, I don't have time to start with you, uh, Dr. J, so I'm not going to do it. Uh, but I want to thank you. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, I want to thank you for, for your time. Uh, you are a dope sister. Oh, when I first met you in Canada in Toronto, I told you that and I meant I meant that thing. You say you don't. Um, I'm so appreciative of you. You are you're not fake, you are who you are. And we oh, don't yeah. we don't see that a lot, especially amongst black women, and especially even more so in higher ed. You know, some people are one on social media and another in person, but you have been true to yourself consistently. Um, if not to anyone else, you've been true to me consistently. And for that, I thank you. Um, where can people find you? Tell people where they can find you. Oh, yeah. 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 You can find me on LinkedIn. That's my old picture where I had long locks. It's the same person. I just cut some hair off. Um, <laughs> so you can find me on LinkedIn under Joan Collier, maybe Joan N. Collier, but you'll know it's me. I have on it in my car print blazer. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Dr. J all day. So Dr. Underscore J underscore all underscore day. Um, and then you can find me on Twitter at, at um, what is it? At Joan Collier PhD. Yup. 
trying to get that out there in the yeah. chat. So Instagram is at dr underscore j, just the letter j underscore all underscore day, and then um, Twitter is at Joan Call Your PhD. So that's where you can find me, and you can find Sight Sister at Sight Us Sister on Twitter and Instagram. Okay. Yes. Oh, and really, I, I would say this plat. I mean. Yo, if you don't, the Cider Sister and 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 Doctor Doctor J, very interesting content that comes out on those pages. You know, I, I think that that's a good way to support that we can support each other during this time too. Like you need to monitor. I think you were saying that what we what comes in our eye gates, our ear gates, because at the end of the day, it's a lot of traumatic stuff that's happening. It is. One last thing. I know I'm over time. I'm so sorry. Um. The ACE report came out of Missouri after all that debacle back in 2015. And they said that what folks experienced on that campus was trauma. And that that trauma showed mm. itself in fear, distrust, anger, and fatigue. And I would argue that our students, our faculty, and our staff, particularly our Black students, faculty, and staff, are re-experiencing that trauma over, over again. And so for the folks yeah. who are tired because you've been doing that work, Find ways to rest yourself. For folks who are angry, um, Tony Morrison says, I get angry and then I work. So find ways to utilize your anger. Be like Brittany Cooper and an eloquent rage. For folks who are fearful, I'm Christian and I'm low-key churchy, so God and I give us a spirit of fear and et cetera and et cetera. I will also say recognize where that legitimacy of what you absolutely can be afraid of is and let that move you to find ways to find your courage. Um, and then the, we know the institutions that we're in. Let's not be fooled by them, by other people's experiences of trauma there. Let's be clear. I don't care what the diversity brochure says. I don't care what the president who don't know what they're talking about says. Be clear on where you are and ground yourself in people who understand that so you're not caught off guard. Mm -hmm. and, then hold, and then think of what it means to hold them accountable yeah. and then hold them to it. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm. Listen, I told y'all y'all going to the word. So it was worth the technical difficulties. Listen, I'm not going to start it. I'm not gonna stop because we got another yes. You are the bomb. But yes, you are dope. Keep doing what you're doing. God is blessing you, and I definitely see God working through you. So I am yes. Thank you. Thank you. Let's thank follow you. up offline. Yeah. I'm gonna get out of here so y'all can go on back to our business. Y'all keep up this space, keep centering black women and our knowledge and our knowings and our laughter and our joy. And now we don't give a fuck and our knuckin' and buckets and ready to fight. All of that. Wait, wait, wait. Before you go, let me tell you this really quick. Let me show you how God is working. Let me show you. Let me let you read that one real quick. Yes, I saw that too. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, that's what you... Celeste, go on, Celeste. <laughs> go on, I already wrote it. It's called a dissertation. I already wrote it. I wrote oh, okay. So what's the publication right. date? Okay. Yeah. What's the title? Oh, we yeah. I think my communication's going now. <laughs> thank, you. thank you so much we appreciate you bye y'all bye this was dope Listen, so she dope She's we so told y'all that she was dope uh, we getting ready for our next uh, guest to come in I know and you gotta, you gotta step out 
I am. And I'm like, what is happening in the world today? Um, but I'm, I'm going to get it in before you step up because we about to uh, we about to do some celebrating. Uh, so next we have coming, oh, to <laughs> coming to the mic is Victoria L. Martin. Now, this is dope. This is real dope. <laughs> Listen, I'm looking at her in the waiting room and I'm just like, hey, shouty. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, she's real dope. Um, and she's representing in centennial year. You know, <laughs> Listen, I'ma just bring her in because y'all, y'all just y'all y'all I'ma just bring her in. Yeah. Y'all was ready for the baby to come in. Hydrated over there. Yes. So that's the sun, the natural light, the smell. Yeah. You know, I, didn't, I didn't buy a clear sonic like you did, but I have been drinking a lot of water. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yep, been drinking a lot of water. Can't really go out to eat, you know. So, yeah. We're about to get into this. Um, I'm going to give you the opportunity to introduce yourself, give you that platform. Um, and then Dr. V is going to lead us all in this discussion with you, and we're going to make it happen. And I'm sorry, but you can catch the replay. Oh, <laughs> wow. I'm going to get off. Wow. Oh, no. You know, it be your own people. It be your own people. Right? It be your own people. So, so do, go ahead. Introduce yourself. Introduce yourself. So I am Victoria L. Martin. Uh, Dr. V is pending uh, in the writing stage. So Dr. V is loading. Um, I um, was formerly the director of cultural programs and safe zone at Fayetteville State University. I am now transitioning to Johns Hopkins University, where I am the associate director for student engagement. Um, so definitely two different arenas. Oh, well, okay. So, so somebody from my institute. So Dr. Katrina Caldwell just took a position. Let me write that name down. She is doper than dope. Okay. Shout out to Dr. Dr. Katrina Caldwell. And um, I believe she's gonna be the director of diversity or something. I can't think of the position, but there it is. I'm gonna look, I'm gonna look her up. Thank you for that. Okay. Um, so yeah, so that's me. Uh again, I am a, a, a member of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated. Yes. Yeah. Senior year. Shout okay. out to Dr. K for having me on. Yeah. Take up too much of y'all time with that, you know. You know. Not. We still no, 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 Listen, and quarantine don't stop no show, so just know uh, that. Can I just say that our guests are coming on slaying, like oh, my slaying. Like look at you, you know that's that that melanin is popping. 
I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm with it. So let, let's get into, let's get into this conversation because I know you about to drop some gems, about to give us some word. So I'm gonna give it over to to Dr. V. So um, this was a conversation tonight. Um, I know you all you preface it by saying that institutions have done a lot to support students, mm-hmm. um, black students. Um, and I think that that is that is very accurate. And so the question was, OK, so what can institutions do to support black faculty and staff? Mm-hmm. And so I thought about it. I thought about it for a while, like, OK, what does that look like? And I think the most important thing that institutions can do is really create a space where black faculty and staff can really be. Mm-hmm. And so I, I feel like especially during my time at PWIs, I feel like I was held to a very Eurocentric right. thing of what professionalism is. Mm-hmm. And that is not necessarily, that's not uniform. Right. So, and I felt sometimes I had to make myself small or I had to use certain language or I would come across as angry or being insensitive or things of that nature. And so I think that it's important for institutions to realize that professionalism looks very different um, where you sit, but at the end of the day, it's still professional. So if you give me some standards, if you give me the rules of engagement, I'm going to conduct myself in that way, but it may not be the way that my white counterpart does, but that doesn't make me any less professional. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, I also think, too, it's about creating spaces for them to really just um, be able to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and not have to, again, when things are going on, uh, people don't operate in a silo. And so mm-hmm. as a black person, like I think about the George um, the George Floyd incident and how if campuses were open, you know, or even in Zoom meetings, like having to go on to Zoom meetings and having to pretend to be okay and knowing that I'm yeah. actually not okay, but I have to sit on this meeting with you because if I'm disengaged, I decide like, hey, I don't want to be at this meeting, then it's okay, well, what, what's going on with Victoria? Why is she not being a team player? Why is she not engaging? And it's like, mm-hmm. well, you know, just because you actually have the privilege where you can look at the news and say, okay, well, I can choose whether or not this is important to me. I don't have that luxury because that could have been my dad, that could have been my brother, that could have been, you know, my partner, that could have been anyone. And so I don't have that privilege or that luxury. And so Mm -hmm. when you continue to see these things happen, where someone who is not black, you can become desensitized. Whereas for me, I am now hypersensitive because I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know, when I'm driving, you know, keeping my hands on the three and nine, because if I get pulled over, you know, I may or may not make it home. And so I, I feel like institutions, they have to start with understanding that people don't operate in a silo. And especially when you look at what's happening in the world and, and people are like, all lives matter. Yes, all lives matter, but all lives are not being killed in broad daylight. All lives are not right. a traffic stop and you don't make it home. All lives don't go into a bank knowingly or unknowingly with a counterfeit bill and now we're having your funeral that is not all lies that is black lies come on and because of that you have to create those spaces 
it challenged people to be sensitive to the fact of when Victoria comes in today because of what just happened in the world, if she seems a little bit off, give her that space. Because I'm pretty sure that if white lives, if white people were getting gunned down and this, that, and the third, they would want the same courtesy or the same respect. So give that to people of color. Right. right. So before, before um, uh, Valerie uh, gets into it, so you, what, how can I word this? So you talk about professionalism, right? What does that look like at an HBCU? Ooh, see, and that's that's tricky because yeah. I I think that there's professionalism and then there's comfortable, too yeah. comfortable. So I so in my experience at an HBCU, I have encountered people who, you know, they they are professional in the sense of they carry themselves, you know, regardless of who they're with. This is who you're gonna get. But then I've encountered people where it's like when you're meeting with your supervisor, you're this person. When you're meeting in the, with the students, I can't tell if you're a professional or student or if you're with like a group of your buddies at work. I still can't tell if you're a professional or a student. And so I think that sometimes, or at least in my experience at an HBCU, because we're surrounded by people who look like us, sometimes we forget we're at work. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, it has to be a balance. Like, you know, yeah, you you the homie, you my partner them. Like we 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 were in a kickback last week, but we at work right now. Right. Somebody is literally paying us to be on the clock. And so because of that, we can still we can still, you know, make exchanges and still be very cordial and cool, but again, we don't want to set the standard where students begin to blur the lines between, well, is this my, is this a professional or is this like the homie that I can say something, you know, out the side of my neck and, and they're going to be cool. And it's like, no, 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 no. You still can't call me by my first name. It's Miss mm-hmm. Martin. You know, I appreciate, I appreciate the fact that you are comfortable enough with me to be your genuine self, but I still need for you to remember that I'm a professional. Right. And so you still have to approach me in a certain way. So, I mean, I have a question because I think, because you know, thinking about like the previous conversation and kind of bringing it into kind of what we're talking about now, this is really the summer of trauma. And we kind of alluded to it earlier, whether that was COVID, you know, has been going on and it's, you know, universities have had to shift, you know, their classes from in person to on to online and, you know, and so many states are shutting down. And not only that, that is heavily hitting, you know, our communities. And then, you know, essentially watching death and people watching it like you're watching an episode of, you know, Law and Order SVU, like it literally trivializes the things that are snuffing us out, that are killing us. And I think you said it, you know, it's really a privilege. I was reading a quote that said, it's a privilege to disengage. It's a privilege to be able to disengage and say, well, I'm not going to watch the news because I don't, I don't want to. But for us, it has very real implications. And we understand that those implications show up in how our students show up in class. Um, But similarly, like when we're going to Zoom meetings, we may not be ready to process. And I remember having to do that like right after george floyd was killed because that's what it was was, didn't just die you know um and i remember having to process and not being able to 
and I had class and I was like, you know what? I need to be human in this space. Mm-hmm. I need to tell you I'm not okay. Yep. I'm angry. Let me name my emotions so that right. you see this yep. so that I can create a space for you to do this too. Because right. I think as practitioners, you know, I don't think we do our students justice or service by saying, you know, oh, we're I'm untouchable. No, yep. I'm not okay. And yep. so I think, I guess my question kind of connects to that in the HBCU. Um, what does, what should supporting black faculty and staff look like when we come back on campus? Thinking of so the summer of trauma, I, I really can't, you know, synthesize it in any way. Cause I feel like as black people, we're being hit in so many different directions. And I appreciate the BET awards and, you know, Amanda Seals, like, you know, she's like, we need some joy. We need some fun. But I think it's also important for institutions to know you can't show up and expect us to just do our jobs as usual. There are things, real things that we have seen, that we've experienced that you have to acknowledge beyond beyond an email. Right. Beyond a panel. Right. And I think that's a very valid question. And one of the things I wrote down as I was reflecting is institutions can no longer look at faculty and staff as transactional. Yeah. So looking at it from the standpoint of your faculty, your role is to go in, teach class, come out. You're a staff member. If you work in this office, you work with assessment, you work with student organizations, that's what you do. You show up, you go home, that's it. The same way in which we're saying to students or we're we're preaching to students about this idea of work-life balance, institutions now have to take that and they have to apply it to their faculty and staff. So to me, what that looks like is you're going back and rewriting policies about you know, what time off looks like or what it looks mm-hmm. like um, for professional development or even looking at your, e- your EPA programs and looking at what type of relationship you have with counselors in the community. Are you... Or even if it's not counselors in the community, are you having focus groups? So the same way that we do research on campus and we do focus groups for students, you can be pulling some faculty and staff in here and having those focus groups too. So the same way, you know, the same way that as higher education and and I I love my field, but I feel like we we are hypocrites a lot. In the sense of we 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 tell students, you know, your your mental well being is important. So what mm-hmm. do self care? We talk to them about the importance of getting involved and being engaged. Yep. But as a staff member, when I want to be involved and be engaged, it's well, do you have the time off? Or we don't have the money in the budget, or mm. you do this on you on the weekend. And it's like if you are truly invested in me beyond my title, because Come when on. I come to this place. I don't leave everything about me at the door. I am bringing in every single piece of Victoria into this space. Yeah. So because of that, you can't compartmentalize me. You can't say, well, Victoria, like you said, this is a this has been 2020 has been, let's just be honest, 2020 has been hot garbage on fire. It really has. <laughs> it really has. It's been a complete it has been a complete shit show. It has. And now, and now that we're in July, I posted this meme. It was like, all right, July, when you come in, don't touch nothing. <laughs> so it's like, I, me, I'm sitting on the edge of my seat like, okay, what's going to pop off in July? Because literally every month since January 1st at 12 o'clock a.m., it has been something. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, 
July. What I, I mean at this point, I mean what you got. I mean what you got. Right. So as you talk about this being the summer or the year thus far of trauma, when campuses reopen, whatever that looks like, institutions have to think about how are we taking care of our faculty and staff? Because I've heard a lot of people say, well, now that I'm working home, I'm working harder. That makes no sense to me because it's not that you're working from home. You are literally in the middle of a global pandemic trying to stay healthy and oh, by the way, you have work. And institutions need to see that, especially if you're a parent, because I'm like, as a parent, you now work full time, you're a full time teacher, you're full time daycare, you're a cafeteria worker. I mean, you're mm -hmm. all the things. <laughs> so institutions, again, have to go back and look at their policies to determine how are we going to ensure that our faculty and staff are getting the same things that we want our students to get. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Because again, as faculty and staff, we can't pour from an empty cup, even though we're expected to. They expect us uh, to. They want us to. They they expect for us to function at 100% all day, every day, and even on the weekend. And that's not realistic. No. That is not realistic. I, I want to give honor to Karen, who said, uh, very hard to return to work and engage with my students during that time. I had to be honest and express my feelings with them so that they will understand wholeheartedly that I was not okay. Right. That's real. Right. And that goes back to the point that I made in the beginning is that institutions, regardless of if it's a PWI or HBCU, you're, they're going to have to be intentional about creating those spaces where if a faculty or a staff member is not okay, that they are, they are extended grace. Mm -hmm. and not penalized. So if I cancel a class as an instructor, mm -hmm. because I'm like, I'm not feeling it, or if I decide, hey, today you're just going to have, you're just going to have a discussion board, then my department chair is not going to come back to me and be like, well, what, what's going on? You're, you're not meeting numbers. And it's like, again, I don't operate in a silo. Shit in the world is real. Yeah. Treat me as such. Like, I'm not a robot. I'm not <laughs> I'm not immune to what is happening around me. And the violence that happens outside also transitions to the violence that faculty and staff receive on the inside. If you look at evaluations, um, there's an article that talks about um, um, kind of like called spirit mur murdering of like black women, you know, uh -huh. kind of and, and, you know, talking about like the plantation of the academy and, and really what this piece does my hope my my wonder is how are we going to transition because you said evaluations and that makes me wonder and that's kept that's that's dr k's piece you know <laughs> no <laughs> right but my wonder is what, what is that going to look like right like what is that going to look like are we going to transition that to really be critical and conscious of you know how folks are showing up i mean i may not be able to come to class be 110 10. Right. So that means your students are already and not and don't be teaching about race. Oh, don't geez. already yeah. be teaching yeah. about these yeah. issues when you already know that you're going to be graded lower yeah. on your evaluations when you bring that up. Right. So yeah. should should the ways that we assess these things, Dr. K, would should that be changing? Should we be conscientious of that? It has to change. Well, yeah. here's, here's my response to that about assessment. Um, and and Dr. K, you can you can tell me to have several seats if I'm, I'm doing the most. 
No, I, I like other people talk about assessment. Go ahead. However, for me, assessment is very valid. However, in our field, I think assessment has become oversaturated. Like we don't have to assess everything. Yeah. And for me, as a faculty member, even when I assess my professors, it's some things they ask, and I'm like, "This has why? Why are you asking me this?" Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if I if I'm a disgruntled student, this is an opportunity for me to rip them apart. And it usually whereas, happens. Whereas, if in an assessment for a classroom, I literally think you should go back to the goals of the department. What are students supposed to learn? Mm-hmm. As a result of having this class, did you learn this? Yes or no? That's it. Now you can ask some other things, but if you're not, if you're in the, as a department, if you're not going to take that assessment on a faculty member and really make some real changes, then why are we doing this assessment in the first place? Just to check a box? Yep. We, why? Mm-hmm. That, that is that is a waste of resources. So mm-hmm. you literally brought this platform to do this assessment and that $100,000 could have been spent on diversity and equity issues or yeah. it could have been spent on yeah. how are we going to provide laptops to students or things like that. So oh, yeah. I value assessment, but at some point we have to take a step back and say, how how is this assessment going to help us achieve the greater good? You're right. Uh, it is very saturated. Um, Assessment has just become a way to get through accreditation. Mm. Um, We now have to move into equity-minded assessment. So going back to what Valerie said, and there's a a lack of alignment. Yeah. Going back to when you're talking about um, the goals of the department and assessing, that's what we're supposed to be assessing. Right. Um, Because how if we're teaching the same topic, we're teaching the same class, but the department goals is one to three. We we can't have our own goals because right. we what the university needs to know is that they're meeting the departmental goals regardless of who's teaching. Yep. And everybody's not getting that alignment. Yeah. It becomes just a checkbox, it comes very saturated. Always tell people, don't ask questions you're not willing to make changes about. Ooh, that's a big one. Woo-hoo! That's not a big it. one. Now that's gonna make some people uncomfortable. That will get uncomfortable. <laughs> but 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 that's very valid. That's yeah. very valid. And I and you know again going to your a point about what does the fall need to look like? And I made the comment earlier when Dr. J was on. Like COVID nineteen is really showing what institutions are being good stewards of their resources, and not just financial resources, but like your human capital. So how are you how are you treating your staff and faculty during this time? Right. Someone who's a staff member, you know, I've I've had to push back in instances where somebody's like, oh, well, can you can you hop on a a Zoom meeting at five o'clock? No, because if campus was open at five o'clock, we would actually you would be gone at four thirty. So don't try to monopolize time Ah. at five o'clock. Like. That's not how it works. And so COVID-19 is like, and it goes back to what you said, COVID-19 is really going to force institutions to think about one, what am I asking of my my staff? I'm thinking specifically about staff. So we're asked to show up 40 hours a week, but COVID-19 is showing that really, I don't have to be in my office 40 hours a week. 
Don't get me started. Come on. COVID-19 is also showing that all these meetings that you put on my calendar are not necessary. So right. what does that mean? COVID-19 is also showing that I don't have to be in my office every day to produce and get stuff done. Come on. So what does that mean? So institutions, again, the same the same thing that we're trying to extend to students and the way in which we're trying to develop students, we have to develop professionals in that same way. Right. We have to. Yeah. I mean, the students are learning from us. Exactly. That's true. And so, you know, you said something that was similar to what Dr. Jones said, really connecting to this Audrey Lord quote of that caring for myself is not self-indulgence. It's not. Uh, it's self-preservation into the act of political warfare. It's because, you know, and, and really, like y'all said, our students really do learn from us. I, mm -hmm. I, I said it before. I had a student who called me out. Like, we literally read Z's work um, about, um, what is it, like, about self-care and critiquing that. And my students was like, um, you, I noticed you sent an email at 1230 at night and you said that we need to work on balance and self-care. And so I just want to challenge you. I said, oh, don't you challenge. Who, who do you <laughs> And the, and the teacher has become the student. Look at it. And, and you know what? He's, he's my ride or die. And right. we had a conversation. He's like, I care about you and I want you to care just as hard as you ride for us. And you like, I want to do all these things. You can't do that at this at the cost of your own well-being. And I was like, see, yes, but this is what we do in these 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 positions, whether that's a HBCU or a HWI. You know, we're giving our all to all these students, but we can't pour for this empty vessel. It's not helping anybody because the truth of the matter is that we're often like assembly lines. That's how mm. higher ed sees us. Yeah. When one falls down, you get another one to replace it, yeah. and that is real i i talked i spoke to somebody about that they were thinking about leaving their position i said let's listen at the end of the day it's toxic and it's death where you are mm. the institution will replace you and she was like yeah. oh no, but my students need me i said uh-uh you need you better right you need you more yeah and my mom my, my mom used to say to me she used to say don't you let a job kill you she said because baby they'll have your your they will have your job description reviewed and your position posted before your body gets cold Oh, uh, yeah, and I, I know that to be fact. And I and I have and I and when my mom said that, I have never had any problems. If I was ever in a position or a space where I felt like I was not being valued or supported, mm -hmm. given my 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 two weeks or one month notice, I'm good. Love, enjoy. Like <laughs> you, you <laughs> because I, like you said, they we we are people. Outside of my position, I am a person. And that is the one lesson I teach my students. Whenever you walk into my space, the first thing out of your mouth, if the question is not, hey, Miss V, how you doing? Then you need to go back out and try again. If your question, can you help me with something? Or Miss V, I, can you? I actually know that what you meant to ask me was, how are you doing? I know that's what you meant there to you ask me. I want you to go back out and I want you to try again. And they'll be like, again, I am more than my position and you will treat me as such and would love it and that to me is the overarching lesson for institutions we are more than positions so treat us that way mm -hmm. because yeah. all the research says that if someone is happy in their position they're going to be so much more productive if people right. feel valued and appreciated you can get anything out of me that you want to but once you start treating me like trash oh i'm 
I'm just going to be using my office time to job search. And don't put my uh, business out there. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. If there are any administrators on, <laughs> because they will be job searching in their office. Yeah. <laughs> I did it. They call it professional development. It is professional development. I'm trying to look at skills that I need to get. <laughs> You, you, you got to just brush up on it from time to time. You know, you know sometimes you got to let people know what they're going to miss. I just, uh -huh. Uh -huh. I do, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm not going to with y'all. I'm not about to do this. I'm not. <laughs> um, so as, as our time is coming, um, my last question to you is, uh, as, as Black women, how, one, how do we support ourselves as we go back into the mm. fall, what everything looks like? Mm -hmm. And what expectations, if any, should we have of our institutions when we go back? Oh, that's good. That's, that's good for me. Um, I want to start off with the expectation piece. Um, I believe that, unfortunately, if we go back into the fall with expectations of our institutions, we're going to be disappointed. Right. Mm -hmm. I believe what is is important is that we set up boundaries for ourselves, mm -hmm. saying that this is this is my threshold for this and this, and once I get into this area, that's where I have to begin to advocate for myself. So, if, hey, you know, we need you to be on six Zoom calls in this day, and if it's like, well, no, actually, for me. I can really only do like four, maybe five, because I have to have time for myself. How do you begin to advocate for yourself? So again, yes, the institutions need to change, but if we if we can keep it a book, we already know that that's really not going to happen within the next what fall starts in what a month and a half. Right. In, the, in, the, in the next month, we know that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to think about where do where do we have control. We have control over ourselves and our boundaries. Mm -hmm. So set your boundaries. If it is, hey, you know what? I know that we are going back to this place where we're going to be working remotely. These are my boundaries and my expectations. As my supervisor, I need for you to advocate for that. If you cannot advocate for me, here is how I will advocate for myself. Mm -hmm. That's all. So we have to set the boundaries, and we also cannot be afraid to advocate. Dr. J said this, and I actually wrote this down, uh, but she basically alluded to the fact that we have to, we as black women have to stop trying to be everything to everyone. We can't, mm -hmm. like, if you have a colleague that's not pulling their weight, oh, you know what? You're going to have to fall on the sword because I can't do my job and your job and take care of all of this. Mm -hmm. You can support your colleague, but mm -hmm. you can't, do the work of other people. You have to do your work. You have to take care of yourself. And once you've done your work and taken care of yourself, if you have that time to help someone else, you do it. But you don't help someone else at the expense of your mental well-being. Mm -hmm. So again, we have to set our boundaries. We have to be willing to take care of ourselves. And we, we just actually just have to have to not allow imposter syndrome to set in. And, and what I mean by that is 
sometimes as black as a black woman, and I'll use myself, sometimes I've been in a position where things are like not going well and I automatically assume like, okay, maybe it's because I'm not supposed to be here, or maybe it's because I'm not working hard enough, when in fact it's just the system is shit. It's crappy. Right. And regardless yeah. of how much I work and how much I show up, because some systematic changes have not been made, regard no no amount of work that I do is going to change. Right. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, I can't allow imposter syndrome to set in because there are some systemic things that have not been changed. That's it. Setting boundaries, realizing that I can't be everything to everyone, and that is absolutely okay. And understanding that I can't be the the fallout person because this system is crappy. Because right. the people the people who've been here for 10, 15, 20 years don't want to to give a little or don't want to change. That that's not on me. It right. involves me, but that's not my that's not my fight. And what <laughs> did you be expected to? Now now that's a that's a whole nother podcast. That's a whole nother episode. That's a that's a whole because baby people will pass the book like it's a collection plate. Oh right, let's give it to the black woman. She'll do it. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but the question in that lies: What are we doing that makes them so comfortable to say that to us? Oh, there's there's that challenge. You know what? I'm a, it's it's not even we because we do the work. We show up because as and this is not even about black women. It's about black people as the, the, we have to do double the work to, to get the recognition. And so I believe they pass it to us because they see, I'm going to bless my ass to get this done because I know that Karen or Billy over here, they can show up and do whatever the hell they want to do or not do it. But they know that if something needs to get done, I'm going to put in the work because this is my professional reputation on the line. You may, you may have gotten here because somebody you know or whatever the case may be. I'm, I got here because, again, I put in the work. Or it could be I got here because I know somebody. But the fact of the matter is my professional reputation is on the line, so I'm going to do the work. And this is this is the speaking. So the, this is how I felt in spaces where I felt like I've had to show up and do the work because sometimes my counterparts were like, well, this is what I'm going to turn in. And I'm looking like, oh, no, my name is not about to be attached to that. So we're going to beat this up a little bit. Yeah, because I think for us and and our blackness, our name is everything. That's, that's, that's it. The one yeah. thing you can't take from me. Think of, and that and that's something with slavery too. Like that that that's with our ancestors. Like your name, like that's your name. So even growing up, it's like who are your people? Right. Again, because who somebody's people is that lets you know a lot about them. So our name, I mean, our name is all we have. Our name and our word. That's it. Like who all over there? Who? Oh no. But we can't. But we can't can't make ourselves almost die, right? In order for folks, in in order for folks to you know to put that out there. I I I just feel like we just need to be fiercely guarded in terms of our well being. Yeah. Because expecting the university to do it. That's why those boundaries. Probably take more care. The boundaries are going to be important. They are. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You said something that made me almost cry. We, fall starts in about a month and a half. <laughs> Actually, uh-huh. it's, well, depending on your school, it's probably about four weeks. 
Yeah. It's not, I mean. Some students are coming back early, you know, yeah. sports uh, players. Right. First of all, they need to stay home. Ain't nobody, what sports? Have y'all seen it though? People are people are testing positive at these at these universities and these sports. Right. Like, that's a whole other question. What what is college athletics gonna look like? But that goes back to your question of what are what again you're saying what do institutions need to do for faculty and staff, but it's also again what do institutions need to do as a whole and what is driving these decisions. Now my answer is money, but again, what do I know? I'm just I'm just a lowly associate director. I don't really know what's going on. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say the coin is driving a decision. You're right. I believe. Mm-hmm. Without, the, without the coins, we can't keep the structure, some of the structure. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm reading this book, and, and there are four challenges that universities must address and consistently address. And that's the environment in which your institution is in. Um, the structure concepts, um, you know, how are you hiring people? What does that look like? The organizational charts, all of that. Um, the interpersonal challenges. So going back to, you know, how are you taking care of your faculty and staff? Are you asking what motivates you? What's self-care to you? And then the last part is the cultural concept. Yep. You know, we, how we operate at North Carolina A&T would not be how they operate at Hampton University. That's true. Um, and how you operate at the University of Michigan will not be how you operate at um, John Hopkins University. So we have to understand the culture of our institutions and how that plays a role in how we structure, how we take care of our faculty and staff, and what that environment, that community looks like outside yeah. of, of our um, door. Yeah. But I mean, who, who am I? <laughs> you somebody. I'm just a low, a lowly associate director. I just, you know, y'all make it positive. Who are we not? Oh, I'm not. I'm not at the. I'm not a board of trustee member. That's who I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) That's who I'm not. I'm not the chancellor. I'm not the chancellor yet. Right. Come on, speak it. You come on, speak that. So until I get there, I'm gonna just. I'm gonna mind the business that pays me, and that's the associate director business. So. Listen, I am so thankful for you. You dropped some knowledge, some yeah. uh, good gym for real. Um, I listen. I can't wait to 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 celebrate with you when you become Doctor V, uh, Doctor Martin. I'm excited about that. I want to thank you for your time, for what you're doing for our students. Um, somebody out here shouting. Okay, Maya. <laughs> That's one of my mentees. Hey, Maya. Uh, but thank you you know um it's 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 for me it's always i value meeting and making connection with colleagues and people that are doing this good work that are really doing it not just on face value and i know that you're really doing it. you're in the trenches doing it and for that uh i honor you i honor your space and i know you are in a new little place now <laughs> so yeah that's it. i'm on the way on the way congrats <laughs> congrats yes well i just want to thank you ladies for your time i really appreciate it um and i just want to i just want to to just end this uh call with just letting you all know that you know i believe in you ladies and what you're doing i have so much confidence in you all and i think as black women we don't say this to each other enough but i, I absolutely adore and i love you all and i see you 
and I'm so proud of you. And keep doing dope shit, queens, because that's what we do. Yes. <laughs> and yes, so thank you all so much for just this space to be vulnerable and just to share. I really appreciate it. Thank now, you, Dr. V. Yes. yes. <laughs> to Dr. V. If anybody wants to to find you, if you have any like social media outlets that you want yes. to share. So on Instagram, I am where is underscore B as in Victoria. And then on Facebook, I am Victoria L. Martin. And then I'm also on LinkedIn as Victoria L. Martin. All right. So I'm putting that in the chat as we speak. Got it. All right. Thank, Thank you. you. Yes. Have a good night. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. Yes, this, nice. this is, this, I like this. This is great. I like this. I do. I like it. This yeah. is, this discussion um, was timely. Mm -hmm. um, and I liked how we actually, instead of doing it, because, you know, we, we typically, for those that are watching us, we typically record um, and post via SoundCloud. So it's just audio. And so, this is the second time we've done it live and I enjoy it live because we get to really engage with our audience as well as the guest speaker in a different way. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Everyone's a part of the show. Right. I think yeah. that's, that's the cool thing. And, and one of the things, and I'm so glad, you know, folks are still watching too, and that this is a space that we just want to honor black women. Right. We do. And it's never, um, a space where it's like, oh, let's not talk about anybody else. Like one thing you all should know about us is that we like to uplift other black women, other dope black women doing some amazing stuff. And so that's kind of what we want this space to be. That's why we want to invite you all in it um, because we, because we need each other. Mm -hmm. You know, I, you know, I don't know if there's any, you know, people of faith out there. We totally believe iron sharpens iron. And like, this is a situation that we are better together. And if you're watching and you say, you know, I want to find a way to add my voice, feel free to email us. Uh, we're always looking for um, other black women to come on and showcase their story. Uh, we're going through the ones that have already submitted. So we be patient with us. Uh, but I, this is, you know, this this was a blessing in disguise mm. since 2018. Yeah. We've been at this since 2018. And I'm still saying we've yet all four of us to be in the same space together um, in person. Never. I ain't going to talk about that. It's <laughs> uh, not happening yet. Yeah. <laughs> like we, we, we truly have built a community amongst each other and brought people along the way. Like, watch me become a doctor. Oh. Literally. Listen, and I can't wait till I can really testify about that. Yeah. I'm actually writing something. Come on. Oh, give me some time. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, you challenged me the last conversation to actually do it. And, you know, and I, I actually have an organization system and Wednesdays are my writing days and Fridays are my writing days that, you know, I'm getting things out there. And one of the things that I just can't let go I got to write about it. And not only my experience, because I feel like I didn't go through it about me. It's about other people. Right. 
Like I, I got to, it didn't know it. I feel like God allowed it to happen to me so that I can help someone else not to have that experience. Yeah. Cause you know, we're all given a measure of gifts and talents. Yeah. And not two people are going to have the same. And yeah. the things that I go through is because God has given me the ability to go through. Not yeah. that you couldn't, but he just didn't give you that ability to go through. And so he's allowing me to go through it so that I can have enough good sense to tell you about it and help you. Now, well, Dr. K, now you have a book though that you uh, are encouraging people about. Don't you want to talk to people about what that book is? Uh, you know, just... You talking you about know. you talking about this one? <laughs> oh, what? There it is. Oh, you talking about this one? So yes, I have um, a book out. I don't. What I'm trying to see. Okay, recharge. And if you want a signed copy, I have a few signed copies left. Um, I'll put up my uh, email information to do that. But this is this is my self awareness approach to goal achievement. There has to be some time when you have to recharge um, in what you're going through. And then the recharge is allowing you to truly focus on goals and not necessarily tasks. And I found that working with people as a coach, people have come to me with tasks rather than goals and wonder why they haven't achieved. But I'm gonna leave that conversation for a different day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Cause that, I keep talking it's about It's a whole nother thing. It is, it is. Yeah, I, I just appreciate you. I appreciate this space. I love the community that has been cultivated. Um, it's good. And you know, this, I feel like these conversations are what I needed 10 years ago mm -hmm. or 15 years ago when I first got into student affairs, because we were having these conversations on Facebook, you know, but to be able to hear somebody else say, it's not okay that, you know, you are, you know, lone person in your office and you're working these 50, 60 plus hour weeks and your colleagues are working maybe, maybe 40, Right. you know? So, uh, oh, they said they, oh, they wanted the book in there. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I got a few, if, if you want to buy them from Amazon, um, it, it's definitely an Amazon, but if you want a signed copy, um, email me and we can get that set up. And I truly personalize the signed copy. Yes, she does. I have my signed copy as well. I'll allow, allow God to speak to me, even if I've never met you. I allow Him to speak to me to put words on yes. So that's that's important to me. Um, mm -hmm. I'm excited for you, friend. I'm excited for you, and I'm excited that I have friends on this journey because I really. And I, and I, I feel like it's a God ordained friendship too. Mm -hmm. um, all of all of us have been, and it's so weird that we've not been. Three of us have been in the space, but it's right. not all. All of us have been there, but um, it's timely. Yeah, it's timely. It, it needs to happen. And what I what I am in, I'm excited to look back, you know, on these years that we've created this content. And this is something that we've contributed that can never go away, that is going to always be there. That's powerful. Um, and I challenge, you know, the people who are listening to think about what's your legacy. Because it's the bomb. It, you know, <sighs> I'm not even going to go down memory lane for how this all got started. But, you know, just to know that we honored each other's space and each other's uh, voice. 
and because of that we came together mm -hmm. um, and this is true this is real this is consistent i've been fortunate to meet all of you all in person um and and i i, I truly honor that and you you all are some dope sisters i just want you know i'm gonna take this privilege <laughs> i know the other two aren't on here but i'm pretty sure they're gonna listen i'm gonna take this privilege and say it's time for you all to stop walking and it's time to start running. I receive it. I receive it. And I take that. I take it because there's things that have been birthed in us that if we don't let it out, there are people who were assigned to that and who are assigned to us that miss out. And it's not a gloating thing. It's, there are things that are within us that we, we have to, it, it has to come out. Yeah. It has to be developed. Mm -hmm. Those ideas that you all have now, now we minister those ideas that you all have that, you know, that just kept you up in the middle of the night, the things that you were just wrestling with, you know, you woke up and had to have a tablet, you know, cause you were just writing and you were thinking that's not a, that's, that's not, that's, that's something that is called for you to do. Yeah. It's time for you all to do it. I, I received that challenge, Dr. K. Um, it's important. It's funny. Cause like, I couldn't, I couldn't go to sleep last night. Cause I kept thinking of ideas to connect to right. what I was writing about that connected to my dissertation story. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I don't know a black woman who has finished a PhD program who does not have a story. Mm -hmm. All of us have a story. Now, whether that is a story that's good or bad, that's something else. But right. all of us have something yeah. that, that that we experienced. And, and, and some of us, and I include myself in this, some of us have been hearing what God has been telling us, but mm -hmm. we ain't been listening. And so, you know, it's very unfortunate times. But God can 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 shut down a whole world and make you listen. Come on. I, I saw that message. I can't remember who preached it, but I was like, Lord, if you don't give me chills. That's real. Some of y'all had to say that. And all I'm going to say is I was listening to God on something. But I recognize that me sitting down this long is for another sister to recognize her own gift. And I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to stand with you so that you can recognize your own gift and start running. Listen, I believe it. I, you know, I feel like we are in these spaces, we are in these places, and we are called for a time such as this. Yeah. And we've got to, you know, my one thing is I want to be a good steward of what God has called me to to do. And I understand that everybody is a believer on here. Mm -hmm. I get that. But you can be a good steward for what your position is. Play your role, but also recognize that it's not just about you. There are folks who need to hear from you that you got to reach back. Yeah. I think that's, that's the most detrimental thing when people get in these positions and they forget who they are and where they came from. Yeah. That is a crime. And we can't do that. We can't. It's like... First of all, we always know life is too short. We, we're not guaranteed the next five minutes, the next second. Let's yeah. Be honest. And so 
if we, you know, my good sis, uh, one of my sorors, uh, Avery Atkinson, I'm gonna shout her out. Um, I was doing, um, I was on her show, and she said, "When I die, I want to die empty. I don't want to die with dreams and things I should have done. Oh. I want to die empty." And that that has stuck with me. <laughs> I don't want to go to a grave full of dreams and things I should have done. Mm-hmm. Wish I'd done. I want to do it now. Yeah. That's how you leave the legacy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't want to wish what would have happened. I I don't want I don't want that, you know. And it's funny, like you know, when I go when I went to visit my grandma when she was in a nursing home, and so many of the people who she was with, they had these, you know, I used to do these things and I wanted to do these things, and I was like, God, will that be me? Mm-hmm. Will that will that will that be me that I'll get to? You'll allow me to get to that space, you know, God willing. Will, will, will I think about what I should have done? That that chance, that opportunity that I was too afraid to just take the leap? You know, I heard a message preached a while back and it was Yolanda Adams. She used to have a show of, and y'all remember, she used to have a radio show. And one of the things she talked about was a scripture that talked about launching out into the deep mm-hmm. and just doing it, you know? we and, and doing it because something was burning on the inside for you to take that chance. And it's not about not being afraid. You're afraid, but do it anyway. Right. You're nervous, but do it anyway. Yeah. You don't want that thought of not of not trying. Yeah. Because one thing, you know, I'm doing uh, a lot of devotion um, in this time right now. But one of the things that I'm remembering is that God has given you all that you need. Yeah. Ever you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to do above your ability or below your ability. The problem is we don't recognize our ability because Mm -hmm. we focus on what other people are doing and their ability. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not calling for your blessing. You're calling for your blessing. Listen, we got to center ourselves. Who do I think I am to operate in your ability knowing (laughs) I'm going to stop. Because we got to get off. But that's, that's true, though. That's true. We and, and we've talked about that before on this on this on the space to be able to talk about this. The crab mentality of, oh, there's only one of they, they can't there can't be more, but one black woman who's doing this right. or one person of color who's doing this. That is doing the work of the oppressor. Mm. We've got to get out of that mindset and remember that we do better together. Yeah. But you also can't latch up with everybody because everybody's spearing it right. But that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> we ain't gonna do it. We're gonna get off off of this. Uh, we'll be uh but I honor you. I honor you. I truly do. I truly do. Um this has been a great uh episode. We thank you all that were able to tune in in the recording of this and those who are watching this as the playback. We hope that um, you were able to feel the energy as though it was live. Um, we, we we keep doing this because, one, we know we need it, um, but we know there are other Black women out there that need this community as well. So we're thankful to have this platform, to have this space. Um, so, um, Dr. V, you have any last remarks? Listen, Dr. K, I honor you. I appreciate you. You are my sister. Um you have been with me in some moments that have been 
ground shaking dealing with my mom. So I love you. I honor you. And I thank you for challenging me. And that's, y'all, you know, if y'all don't have a good friend group, find some real good people who just call you um, on your greatness and know that there are things in you and they can just, hey, you know what? When's the last time you took care of yourself? Who are genuinely invested? And I thank Dr. K for being that connector. I've never met anybody like you who is so committed to building with people. Like one of the things y'all, if y'all don't know her, she's always like, what, what do you like to do? What, what are your passions? I think I'm gonna build a team. This is what I'm doing. Like Dr. K is the connect, the connector of connectors. And I love that about my book. And so I'm thankful that we connected. I'm thankful that we're friends. I'm thankful that you, that I can just watch how you pour into people. And I want to be the mentor that you are to your mentee. And so, so I, thank, I you. thank you. And I appreciate you. And I appreciate you. You know, don't cry. I appreciate you. You know, I <laughs> I truly live by listening as I can. I have to honor, I have to honor this beautiful soul that just posted this. Doctor. Tatina Jones. We had a conversation the other night, and I don't know if she realized how much she poured into me that night uh, she said some things that I needed to hear and one of the things that she said so she got a bet on yourself mm. and I'll never forget that I'll never forget that so I honor you Dr. Jones for telling me that um, it shook me <laughs> uh, I honor you for, for telling me that I, I truly do Dr. Jones is the bomb she is listen we know some dope people some dope listen people. I, I I met you at ACPA. She was just so nice, and I was just like lost. I was like, I don't how how do, how do I make friends? What do I do? Just <laughs> the nicest, dopest like person. Yes, yes. And you know, I'm I'm not gonna hype nobody up that don't need to be hyped up. I'm gonna tell you that right now. That's yeah, that's true. So um, she said that was God. Ain't nobody but God. But I love how you allow God to use you, even though you didn't know he could use you at that moment. Um, and we need to do that more. Yeah. You know, in, in those spaces. Don't, you know, I, I was talking to a, a very close dear friend of mine, and I said, I don't want to, to leave conversations with unspoken words. Because mm. we don't know when the last time is going to be it. Yeah. You I know? know? And I don't, I don't want to go there, but I, I, I was already emotional when, you know, on all kind of things, just in what's going on with our nation, and you know, yet another one of, uh, yet, an, yet another one of us, you know, it was killed, and you know, and I was just, I don't, like you say, I don't want to leave anything unsaid. Yeah. Um. So we got five more minutes before nine o'clock. I want to end it on the evening. <laughs> it was nine o'clock on my time. Um. Uh, yeah, is it not? Yeah, no, my time. So I'm um, looking at the chats coming in, and so I want to honor someone else who who who's just a dope woman. Um, she's she's not in higher ed per se, but um, I'm I'm manifesting some things for her. Uh, <laughs> but she's doing some dope things uh, when it comes to this is Queen is doing some um dope things when it comes to families and family life coaching, especially um. 
in the black community. And, you know, you know, you know, my mind is like, hmm, how does that translate to college students? And so, you know, I'm bridging gaps, but she's, she's uh, doing some dope things. So I'm, I honor her in this space. Uh, And it's, it's, it's very fortunate that your name is Queen, because I was like, I honor you, Queen. (laughs) (laughs) I do. Uh, So yeah, definitely, definitely want to honor you. See who else we got in here. Wait, let me shout out. I don't know personally who Maya Wilson is, but she's been here since the top of the hour. And yeah. I just want to shout you out. Um, and thank you for being here and for your comments. Um, and hopefully we get you on the show. I don't know. Um, send us an email. Send us an email. Uh, yes. We love, 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 love featuring people. Yes. Oh, uh, I saw my mentee was on here. I, I don't see you. Oh, she's watching still. Eileen, I love you. I love you so much. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to find people to shout them out. Shout out to Karen that's been here. Karen. Uh, we appreciate you. Uh, I don't, let me see. I don't want to miss nobody. Oh, Kalisha. Is that, am I saying your name right? Kalisha, shout out to you. Yes. Same thing. If you're interested in, in, in speaking and coming on. Celeste, <laughs> shout out to you. Yes. Shout out to everybody that has been here. Um, Zoe, Mina Johnson, shout out to you, definitely. Is it Alexia? Is that how you say that name? Alex, Alex, Alexa? We got, we just, this is beautiful. This is Zoe, beautiful. All, all of you beautiful, beautiful people. Yeah, shout out to everybody who's been here from the top of the hour. Um, even if you just came in, just shout out to you. Um, and a double shout out if you're a black woman. <laughs> I'm, hey, <laughs> what you gonna do? What you gonna do? Um, but definitely, uh, thank you all for for being yeah. here. Um, if you, if you have not listened to our podcast, go listen. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Google Podcasts and April, uh, Apple Podcasts. Black mm-hmm. Women Voices. Um, we're in season, we're in the second half of season two. So we've been doing this for two seasons now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only way we can keep doing this is if we keep getting your voices. Um, yeah. you may not have a voice at the table down the street, but you always have a voice with black women. Come on. And you can find us on Twitter. Yes. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. All yeah. of it. <laughs> we, are- and we are active on all of the platforms. <laughs> Thank so- you, Dr. K for your amazingness. Yes, I I saw this. Um, oh, she said she remembers you facilitating a session. Me facilitating a session. ACPA. Huh. Listen, you know the world is small, but big enough to do a lot of work. I told somebody. I told them student affairs is real small. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Higher ed. I know somebody. Lord. Well, I hope <laughs> I don't recall what the session was. Um. But I hope that it was a blessing to you. Um, well, it might have been the Black Women Voices. It might have been, might have been us. Might have been. But definitely reach out, connect. Um, I, I love connecting with uh, with Black women in higher ed. Um, and just, you, you never know. And also know that, let me shout a plug up for a uh, plug for NASPA and ACPA uh, proposals. If you want to submit a conference proposal, they are due September the 4th. Black women, black women, submit a conference proposal. Right. 
and submit it also to get uh, co-sponsored by organizations that also um, kind of through those entity groups, it helps get your proposal up to, you know, multiple people looking at it, not just kind of the general look. But if you can send, if your proposal centers black women, send it to PAN, you know, send it to, you know, CWI, you know, all of these different spaces who can also give additional looks yeah. for your work. And if you haven't presented before, find another black woman that has and team up with them. Last year, what I did is I committed myself to teaming up with, I didn't want to do a presentation alone anymore. So I said, I'm going to team up with people that want to do it. And I ended up teaming up with like five, six, seven different people. It was exhausting, but we all got accepted and, and was able to present. So, you know, mm. there's always an opportunity. So thank you. We're about to sign off because it's nine and I need to go read a dissertation. That is not a break. That is not a break. However, I'm with you because uh, today <laughs> is working on my syllabus day. So. Yes, yes. Uh, so, Maya, yes, I do remember that. Oh, that was a beautiful um, uh, uh, session. Yes, it was a beautiful session. Uh, so, but thank you, uh, Dr. V. Thank you for being you always. Um, and to Anne and Jasmine, uh, we're sending love and light to you all. Um, yeah. and we hope uh, to see you soon. What we got? Um, oh, don't submit something. What is my? Listen. Listen. This is being recorded. So Come on. Yeah. <laughs> we, 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 we're going to hold you to it. We'll, we'll see you at the conference. <laughs> even if it's virtual because they because they said in the email that acpa will happen so it could be a virtual you know like we're doing right now which could be real cool yeah. you know and it's safer you know but please submit and know that your voice if you don't people will miss out right your experience the things that you're thinking about ruminating those things are burning on the inside somebody has to hear it so let's sign out because we'll be here all night. Um, we peace and blessings to you all. Yes. Have a good night, y'all. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Black Women Voices. We want to personally thank our special guest today, Dr. John Collier and Ms. Victoria Martin, for your wisdom, uh, your your truthfulness, your transparency, especially as it relates supporting black colleagues especially black women and our uh, black students at our institution thank you thank you so much and thank you all for tuning in to another episode live on facebook with black women voices until next time peace and blessings to